Predictable Podcasts. Predictable Podcasts. There's a million of them out there. Dabbling about the same old boring stuff. But trust me, my friend, this is not one of them. This is Diary of a Bald Man. He's bald, and he's completely off his damn rocker, and I love that about him. Safety, dinosaurs, relationships, the many uses of a can of Raid in the bedroom. Hold on. Did I uh, read that right? What the... What the f*** happened there? All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. Welcome to Diary of a Bald Man. Now your host, the cue ball himself, Alan Wooford. Hey, thank you for joining us on today's episode of Diary of a Bald Man. This is Alan Wooford. So, first of all, I hope you're doing well, because there seems to be a lot of people that are not doing so well these days. And, you know, whether it's the flu, whether it's COVID, whether, you know, you've just got issues at home, I don't know. But I hope you're doing well. So, you know, this episode is called Shove That Box Up Your Ass. And the reason it is, is because we're trying to get away from the mindset of people fitting you a round, you know, peg into a square hole. And we'll get into that in a second. But I just wanted you to know, I want to be that fat person. That fat person you see on Instagram. Now, I used to be big. I used to be 330 pounds. Yeah, I was I was a little bit of a uh, uh, chubby, funny guy uh, back in 2007, 2008. And I mean, I maxed out at 330 pounds. And it was a miserable time. But... The fat person I'm talking about is the one that, like you see on Instagram, where someone says, hey, give this person, him or her, two touches. And the reason I like that is I like how today, you know, some of the social media things help you to look at other people that are trying to come off of something. You know, I I, I hate body shaming because when I was a chubby son of a bitch, people like that. They like the fact that I was cuddly, that... They thought I had the persona that made them laugh. You know, I mean, I had t-shirts that said, I eat small people or, you know, $15 for 30 minutes of shade. It was little things like that. But, you know, the mindset has changed over the years. You know, there's a lot of body shaming. There's a lot of stuff like this. And so when people put in a concerted effort to make a change, I like how through social media, we can bump them up a little bit. We can say, Good for you. I'm glad you did that. The downside is, you know, everybody is talking about suing this or that or how these white papers existed about how social media has done this to a child or to an adult. And it's, you know, people are contemplating suicide or actually happen to do suicide. But here's the turnaround on that. Who the fuck let their kids or others have access to it? Are you not monitoring what the hell's going on around you? Are you so busy you cannot ask your child, hey, what's going on? You know, let's do this, let's do that. That they're not inspired by what they see in the palm of their hand. Fuck you. If you don't have any more guidance 
to give your child or you don't have anything to do that supports them and lets them know that they're a perfect person regardless of what they look like to others, then you're an asshole. Go fuck yourself. And I hate to say this because so many people are like, well, you know, I'm competing against my kids. I'm competing against this. You know, people were so much better off before everything could be instantly delivered. There's good benefits to it. We can send out emergency signals. We can check on family and loved ones. But to let them be influenced because they didn't fit the box that their friends or others, you know, come on. What the hell's going on that is so important that you don't know what's going on in your child, your spouse, or your significant other's life? See, yesterday, I was working on a visual project for the new Two Cups podcast. And I was setting out images because, you know, to me, as a veteran, not just in the military and law enforcement, I wanted something that reflected, you know, the best image for the podcast. And so I was putting out in LinkedIn and on Facebook, and I said, hey, what is the best one for this program? Because I was trying to fit an image around all the various people that I was going to be talking to, not try and get the people that I'm talking to to fit my image. And it was asinine. People were like, well, I like this one because this reminds me of when I was in the military. I like the one on top because that represents just a cup. And that's basically all we are. We're a chalice. You know, whatever's inside of us can be hot, cold. It can be dynamic. It can be non-influential. But that's the thing. I was trying to fit the show around the people instead of saying, hey, this is the show. Here are the people. Let's not try to fit anybody into any one category. Let's not fit anybody into, oh, this canteen cup represents the veterans in the military. But who the fuck is to say that? Look at our veterans now. They were like, no, you know, Alan, I had fast packs. I had water bottles. I use this. I use that. But because of my mindset from the time frame I was in the military, and then I went into law enforcement, I thought, hey, you know, an enamel cup. No matter where I went, there was one present. I had one when I was at Fort Rucker that one of my IPs, my instructor pilots had, and he had it. I guess from either Vietnam or shortly after coming back CONUS, which is continental U.S. And I enjoyed that cup. It was rugged. It was durable. Yeah, the thing looked aged and it looked busted. But it did what it was supposed to do. I could go anywhere. I didn't have to have it in a specific holder. I had it in my helmet bag. I had it in my mat bag. You know, wherever I went. It wasn't decorated. It was dented all the shit. I could use it for coffee. I could heat it up, you know, if I was on an FTX or I was out in the field. I could heat that bad boy up with soup, pour the contents of MRE in it, whatever. Just the same as you could with the old canteen cups. But then I got to thinking, if I'm going to do veterans and law enforcement or first responders, they didn't have this shit. They weren't sitting in the back of the ambulance, you know, taking a roll of toilet paper, lighting the core of it. There weren't inmates. It, it wasn't like they didn't have hot water available. And what I was trying to do was build the show around the people, build the image. And that's not right. Because our images is what we see of ourselves. So because of that, you know, one of the people was saying, well, I like this, Alan, because this is representative 
of the military, but I like this because it's not representative of anybody. They could choose who the hell they want to be. It's just a cup. They fill it with what they want. They take what they want out of it, or they don't use it at all. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. This episode is powered by Joe Rivas and the team at Rack Ops CBD. As a former Special Forces combat engineer, Joe has not only been on the front line protecting and defending those around him, he continues to do so as a veteran and civilian. Joe and the team at Rack Ops produce THC-free CBD products to aid other veterans who are still fighting the battles and reliving the fears behind their eyes and giving them options other than prescription opioids and other chemicals. Stay out of the fog and into the fight with Rack Ops CBD at rackopcbd.com. You know, that was great. One of the things I absolutely love is when I brought Keith Kramer in to assist, you know, in making the podcast more functional and getting the names of our supporters and the people that back us up, you know, we're wanting to do a dynamic communication, and Keith Kramer does that. Keith, thank you for that intro. Uh, thank you for that ad drop, too, for Rack Ops. Because one of the things, you know, that we talk about consistently is when we communicate, we want to engage. And when we engage, you know, it gives people a break from a constant message. Because if you constantly hammer something into someone's head, they're going to be like, okay, I got to turn this shit off. All right. So... We were talking about, you know, getting the right cup. We were talking about doing something that fits for everybody. And that's the problem with people today. You know, whether it's in work, you know, in safety, and I'll stick with safety. I mean, that that's my profession, right? I constantly get asked, Alan, how do you engage people? How do you do this? And it's like, well, I engage them because they'll come out and communicate with me because they know I'll get them an answer. If I can't get it, I'll research it for them. You know, if I see something that's going to harm them or injure them in any certain way, I'll stop them. I'll say, hey, stop. You know, why are you using these gloves? Why are you following this procedure? Why are you bypassing this device? What's going on? You know, because they may be having a bad day. They may be having something that is changing their psychological path and says, hey, I need to do this, I need to do that. And when I stop them and engage them, I think, okay, they're going to talk to me. It's going to stop them long enough for us to get this and fix it. There's too many times when we see things going on now outside of work. I mean, people get hurt continuously outside of work. People see things all the time, but they don't stop. You know, It's when we get into this mindset of, I've got to take advantage of this opportunity. I've got to get involved with this. I've got to do that. And it stops when we get home. It stops when we're out with our friends. And it's strange how that, you know, reflection is like, wow, I'm I'm completely different outside. Because again, that's that box that we're trying to say, hey, in the office, I'm a consummate professional. At home, I'm just, you know, some dumbass. I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to do this. We're never the same. And people are afraid to be themselves because depending on the environment they're in, the people they're around, they take on that persona. 
You know, one of the things, I don't know if you saw this. Do you remember the movie Charlie Wilson's War? Think about it. This was a congressman from Texas. He didn't give two shits what people thought. Because his mindset was people prefer a sinner who says, yeah, I've sinned. I've done this. Then a liar says, oh, I've never done that. I've never smoked pot. I never, you know, was hanging around prostitutes, strippers. And Charlie Wilson was like, no, they'll forgive a person for being a person. We make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. He was passionate about, he was very passionate about his constituents. He was very passionate about his work. But when work ended, he was very passionate about living as well. Because he knew that there had to be a separation from life and work. But he remained the same. Now, I'm guilty as anybody else. Because when I was doing the other podcast or I was doing this, I was not honest with you because I would try to fit what people thought was a professional, a professional dialogue, a professional atmosphere. So I disrespected you in order to fit that environment. Well, fuck that. I'm not doing it again. I'm not saying that cussing, I'm not saying being vulgar is who I am. Being direct is who I am. And here's the problem. We have got to pull our heads out of our asses. How many times have you read a joke and you thought it was funny, but you were afraid to mention it to somebody, not because maybe it wasn't, you know, appropriate for the work environment, But if you're outside smoking and you're cutting up with your friends and you know that they have, and females included, I have very, you know, numerous female friends that I have worked with in construction, that I've worked with in general industry, that I've been in the military with, they would say some shit that would blow you away. Because in their mindset, they know you're not going to come back at them with something, right? Because you're like, oh God, this is a chick. This is inappropriate. But they were honest enough with you to say something that was funny, that was irreverent, that was not really something that you should be saying in that environment, but it took your mind off of what was going on and what was going around you. They respected you enough to do that. Now, some of them, yes, some of them said that to fit in, to be inside that environment, inside that box, and to be accepted. And they could have just been themselves. And I know quite a few that were like that. They'd say, hey, I'll give you a good example. My wife. My wife will cut up. She's got some male friends that know the limits. And they know exactly where to stop. And she works in the chemical industry. You know, high stress. I mean, constantly. The stuff that they manufacture is used for a lot of good. Some of it, you know, it's still for the good. But... The development and production of it is high stress because if something goes wrong, it's going to go wrong bad. So they're constantly under that, that, you know, sword that's like, okay, it can come down one way or another. So they, they try to cut up. They try to be at ease with one another. But she sets her boundaries. So here's what you do. You have no boundaries right now. You're listening to the podcast. You're saying, Alan, you got a dirty mouth. Or do you say, Alan, that's exactly how I feel. See, the the scale that we weigh things on depends on the mood that we're currently in. It depends on the environment we're coming out of. So when you go into something, if you're consistent, if you're 
if you're weighed out over this balance or over this, this weighing device, you can't fail. You may pivot to the right. You may pivot to the left a little bit, but you're going to stay on there. You're not going to fall off. Consistency is key. Don't take and force yourself into an environment. I'm not saying going and be vulgar, you know, grab-assing. You know, that, that's not what you're there for. A work environment is you're producing something. Someone's paying you for your service, for your time, for your efforts. And give it the best that you've got. If, if that is your skill set, get in there and do amazing things. Don't fuck around. You know, if it's not for you, get the hell out of there. Because your toxic attitude, your toxic manifestation, your mindset, that's going to carry over too. You know, and that's the, that's the thing. We build ourselves. We have our core, right? You got your keystone. You got the thing that holds you together. But if you're in a position at a time or in a mental attitude that is negative to everything around you, then that's because you tried to change yourself to fit your environment. Everything's about the environment. You know, some people were destined to be able to go into anything. You know, if you look at, at people in intelligence or people in first response, right, their first thought is to gather this, do this. First responders, hey, I've got to be flexible where I can be a public relation expert, but then the next minute I have to be able to completely kick your ass because you lost your shit in a public setting and you're in danger to the people around you. We have to have that flexibility. But the core is, is we have our beliefs. What we're doing is actually important. What the people we're serving is actually important. Whether it's our family, whether it's our customers, our CEOs, the C-suite, it doesn't matter. But when you get away from your core and your balance is off, you're fucked. And everything you do is going to be fucked. Step back. Realign. Take a moment and ascertain, am I in the right place at the right time? Quit trying to build the world around you and just go into a world that you fit in. You know, so many of us look at every day. You know, we have challenges. We have clients that are difficult. We have client support that are difficult. And that's going to happen. One day, you know, things will change and you'll, you'll be like, man, I'm on top of the world. And then it crashes below you. But are you consistent? Do you still have that optimism? Here's a test. You're at home right now. Are you driving? Look in the mirror. Yeah, look in that rearview mirror and smile. What do you see? Whatever you're putting out is what you're seeing back. It sounds, you know, to be a little bit different, but let me put it into another perspective. How many times have you been around others and somebody yawned and the next thing you know, you're yawning? You, you see what I'm saying? Whatever you put out, whatever you're producing, whatever, you know, you're projecting, that's what you're going to see around you. If you're positive, People around you are going to be positive. People around you are going to be optimistic. People around you are going to do great things. If you're negative, then that's what you're going to see. So, yeah, if you go in, someone's in a bad mood, cheer them up. Tell them a fucking joke. Say, hey, I noticed you're doing this. You know, I noticed that this is going on. Talk to me. Bring them down a notch. If that doesn't work, you don't have to reflect the same thing you see. Start pushing out positivity. 
Start pushing out because you throw negative vibes. They're going to think you're challenging them. And then you guys are going out in the playground and beating the shit out of one another. And we'll get back to that in just a second. It might be hard to imagine, but there's a place where you can find a restaurant on every corner. A place where you can eat like a king for as little as a dollar. It might be hard to imagine, but this is the same place where the school lunches aren't just delicious. They're themed with palate pleasers like mozzarella stick Mondays, taco Tuesdays, and French Fridays. Heck, even pizza counts as a vegetable here. This is a place where the fast food just keeps getting faster. You can even order delivery right from your video game console. And how's the food, you ask? Well, it is to die for. Don't believe us? Just ask the friends and family of the 300,000 who did last year. Welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and getting bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visitobesity.org. Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation. All right, this is Alan, and I'm back. I'm not going to lie to you. I went outside. I paused this to go get a cigarette and reload my wine. And I'll tell you what. Um, Fat Bastard is a great wine. I'm drinking the Shiraz. The Shiraz. Um, yeah, it, it's good stuff. So anyways, you know, we're, we're talking about sitting in boxes. We're talking about getting into things, you know, that make us feel confined, that make us go away from who we truly are. But, you know, to get into that, let, let's look at some of the questions that just came in. So like I said in the last podcast, people can go to mindandconstantmotion.com and hit on Contact Allen. And here are the three top questions that came in this week. There was 19 total, but some of them didn't want to be read on the air. They just wanted to ask me, you know, hey, where can I find this? Where can I find that? So I'm going to go over these three and then we'll get back into the subject matter. So, and please excuse me if I say these names incorrectly. Derice Forham of Orange County, California. Alan, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy that it's different and that it's not over an hour long. What would you suggest are some good podcasts for women in construction safety or in the construction industry? Well, Doris, I really don't know. I, I don't know if you heard my last podcast where I talked about, I really don't listen to the same genre for the simple fact. I don't want somebody to come back and say, well, Alan, that was my idea, my concept. You put a twist on it. You did this. It's not that I put a twist on it. It's like with anything else. You interpret something differently than I do, right? So I'm. you may say something and I have a different view on it because I see it differently. I digest the information differently. So Doris, to give you a good example, uh, I would suggest that you listen to the Safety Justice League, you know, and it's not that it's just for women in construction safety, but, you know, they have a very diverse guests. They have very diverse um, shows in which they talk about a variety of different things. And I think that that flexibility will fit you. You know, it's not all about construction because they deal a lot with general industry. But some of the guests that they have on, I, I really don't listen to some of the others. But if you want, I will look more into that for you. All right. Our next one was from Paul Shadrone. Paul, please forgive me. He's out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Alan, 
I noticed that you are starting to develop the Two Vets podcast. Does this mean that the diary of a bald man is ending? And Paul, to answer your question, no, it's not ending. It was something I wanted to do with the Dragging Up series because JR and I were both vets. And with Afghanistan ending and a lot of the vets coming home and getting into construction and non-military-like trades, we're seeing a lot of them in the safety. It's something I wanted to do back then to see how the military assisted them because the military mindset is completely different, right? You go in, you have all kinds of PPE, whether it's your body armor, uh, your helmet, whatever it is. I wanted to see how it prepared them for that. So no, the Diary of Bald Man is not ending. What we're doing is adding a different segment, and it's, it's not just people in safety. It's first responders, firefighters, EMTs. It, it, I, I, the best way to describe it is to look at, at people that are transitioning from one entity into another. And does it help? Does it hurt? You know, what, what brought them up and what took them down? So great question. Hopefully you get into that series just as much. And the last one is from Francis Roberts of Rockford, Illinois. So, <coughs> excuse me, Alan, why do you call your webpage Mind in Constant Motion and Diary of a Bald Man? Okay, so there's actually why we call it a Mind in Constant Motion. If you go to the website, mindinconstantmotion.com, click on the AMICM. Uh, basically, back in the day, I had alanwolford.com, had it for over 12 years. It got crashed last year when, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know whether it was cyber attacks or whatever it was, they attacked my site and numerous other sites that were on a server. Um, you know, the, the 12 years of data and information and stuff that I had on there and then where I had safety seconds, safety SDSs. You know, I, I was trying to run too many programs at once. And my wife will tell you, it dropped me. I lost all fucking interest in it because I was, I was trying to be too many people. You know, just like we're saying in this show, I'm trying to be a professional in these arenas, a professional in hazard communication, a professional in confined spaces, a professional in this, and then have my own certain side that the people that I work with in the military and law enforcement and everything else, that's the Allen they knew. I was trying to fit too many boxes into a, a small round area and it was killing me. And with the way my mindset is, ADHD, you know, ADD, I, I don't know what to call it. I have so many ideas that come up sporadically. I'll be working on one program, working on another. And so my mind is constantly in motion. I mean, I, I can work out stuff at work. I can have the event happen at another client site and go straight into that mode and then get right back into the other. My mind is never constantly stopped down. So it, it, it's a curse, but it's a great thing. So that's where the mind of constant motion came in. So the diary of a bald man, it, it was just to catch your attention. Here's a bald dude. I want to take previous experiences, previous examples of things that have occurred to me and see, you know, if people were interested in it. Not that you're going to go into the same footsteps. I mean, I was growing up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, now 2000s. It may not be applicable. But the one thing is, everything comes back around. If you look at history, 
things come back around. I mean, we're starting to see skinny jeans. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. I don't understand it, but people love it. Big hair. I love pictures where my wife was showing me things of big hair and it went out and, you know, it framed the face and it did this. But it was interesting, you know. Things come back around. And maybe the things that I went through, some of the things that I was involved in, it'll help you because you see, hey, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. So that's why it's Diver of Bald Man, bringing things back. Just like this episode of Shove It Up Your Ass. So one of the things I'm trying to do with this show, let, let, let's get down to the nitty gritty before it ends. I've tried both in my military, law enforcement, personal and professional thing, to be the butterfly in that field of flowers, right? So I wanted to be, for whatever reason, I don't know when this came about. I want to say it probably came about 2007 or so uh, after I was you know, told, hey, you got PTSD, you got all this. And it was a lot of internal conflicts. I was trying to remain calm. I was trying to remain, you know, like a professional thing at all times. When there was times I really just needed to fucking cry, let it out. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, well, that wasn't the manly thing to do. That wasn't the thing that was supposed to empower you. You know, and I don't know why I listened to him. Why not just be me? You remember earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I said, hey, I want to be that fat chick or fat dude that they say, hey, give two, you know, give two touches, give two claps, whatever it is. But I was always afraid personally of that kind of attention because it's like, well, if they recognize I'm fat and I'm losing weight, then I really must be in bad shape. Or, you know, like when I got diagnosed with PTSD, am I really fucked up? Is you know, is my world crashing around me? No. It was that look in the mirror. Remember when I said, look in the mirror and smile? You know, unfortunately, we have lost a lot of great people. Anthony Bourdain and so many others. You know, we gave this persona out front, right? We wanted you to see happy. How many comedians have died? John Candy, all these great people, you know, and you look at them, you say, they were so funny. I don't know what the hell was going on. Because we were trying to fit that stigma. We were trying to fit the environment of we're known to make people laugh. We're mo- known to make this. Then inside, we were tearing ourselves down. Don't do that. When you're having a bad fucking day, get away from people. Because remember that, that look in the mirror. If you smile, what you see is a smile back. If you show antagonistic and hateful and aggressive things to others, they're going to respond in kind. And you're going to take that the wrong way. You're going to interpret that the wrong way because they're just mirroring what they see. So get away, scream into a fucking pillow, get some putty, beat the absolute shit out of it, make little things out of it, and tell whatever's bothering you and whatever you bottled up, whatever you put inside your cubby hole is gone. Get it out of you. Tear some shit up. That's why I like these new rooms where they give you sledgehammers and axes and you pay money to go in and just destroy the fucking room. I don't know what they're called, but it's great stress relief. You tear it out, you break it down. It's like your own, you know, inanimate geisha. Before you take that shit home in Japan, you go to a geisha woman. They, They play poetry. They play music. They give you a massage. 
Hey, if you get a happy ending, that hey, that good for you. Because whatever it takes to change your mentality before you take it into your home, before you take it into your professional workspace, get it out. If it's not right for you, don't take it in. Because then it doesn't matter if you were you all the time, if you were constantly open, if you were a constant guidance, you fucked everybody. And now they're not going to know if you're a basket case, just get ready to go on some kind of workplace violence thing, or if you need to be sedated. Let it out. You know, work out. Fuck it out. You know, it, hey, if your significant partner will allow you, they say that angry sex is great. It's true. It's you're getting it out. You're with somebody that you trust. It's somebody you get. Bang the hell out of each other. Get that stuff out of your system. If you have to do self-manipulation, do that. Whatever it does to change your mindset. You're responsible for that. Not anybody else. But when you go into that environment, you're not fitting into it. It's, it's a part of you. So shove that box up your ass and let everything in the world, you fill that with love, positivity, and then reinforcement. Don't take negativity with you. And if you think you are, look in the mirror. If you're frowning, don't step out until you're laughing. Look at that person in the mirror and imagine them naked. That If that shit don't make you laugh, imagine me naked. I've got no ass, so don't focus on that. But imagine me naked. Whatever it takes. Positive mentality, positive results. Negative mentality, negative results. This is Alan Wolford reminding you to plan, prepare, communicate, and engage. And thank you for being on today's show. If you have any questions or comments, go to mindandconstantmotion.com. Click on Contact Alan. Put your shit down on paper. Get it out. Hammer it out with your fingers. Send it to me. I love you. There's nothing you can't do. Do amazing things. You've been listening to the Diary of a Bald Man. How do you feel? A little dizzy? Maybe a little nauseous? That was one hell of a ride, I know. It's our passion to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, Google Alan the Safety Guy. You'll find all the socials there. Connect with us or else. See you next time on Diary of a Bald Man. This podcast has been produced by Alan Wofford for entertainment purposes only. This or any other podcast produced by Alan does not constitute legal, medical, marital, sexual, or professional advice. This and any other podcast does not reflect the opinions of his employers, clients, family, O'Sharp, Facebook groupies, promotional sponsors, or baby Jesus. Any health information shared or mentioned as an alternative does not create any patient-physician relationship or other professional relationship between the audience and presenters. No person listening to any podcast from this rocket surgeon should act or refrain from acting based on the content of a podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice and or counseling. Nor shall the information be used as a substitute for professional advice and or counseling. As stated earlier, this show is for entertainment purposes, not how to lead or change your life. Do what the voices in your head tell you to do. Or what your spouse approves of. Alan Wofford and all guests of the show expressly disclaims. 
any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any or all contents of this site.